0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Storytime with Jason. I'm Jason, and tonight we read the uh, Declaration of Independence because it's a 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July. Uh, A little bit of a background note. uh, Thomas Jefferson was the main architect for the Declaration, and the Second Continental Congress voted to break away from Great Britain on July 2nd, and then on the 4th of July Voted to adopt the uh, Declaration of Independence, and then uh, late, then following that, uh, a man named Tim Matlock, who was a scribe there in Philadelphia, went ahead and wrote the uh, on the parchment the Declaration that we have today. And then the uh, congressional members signed it uh, a few days later. I believe it was on like July 9th. And like always with uh, this podcast, I read the I read this document as a historical document. I read it as an inti- in its entirety. And I'm not changing any of the uh, language or updating some of the words like I do with, uh, with Aesop's Fables. So, all right, I'm pulling this from uh, the National Archives at uh, archives.gov. The Declaration of Independence. Note, the following text is a transcription of the stone engraving of the Parchment Declaration of Independence, this document on display in the rotunda at the National Archives Museum. The spelling and punctuation reflect the original. In Congress, July 4, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind require that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to... Institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles, and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not ch- be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former system of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, and right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records, for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved Representative House repeatedly, for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time, after such dissolutions, to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the same time exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization to foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary power. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their office the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected multitude of new offices, and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us, in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislature. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction. "...born to our Constitution, and unacknowledged by our laws, given, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by mock trial from punishment for many murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states." For cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, For abolishing the free system of English law in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most viable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our government." for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with powers to legislate for us in all, ca- in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty, perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrection among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all sexes, ages, and conditions." In every stage of these oppressions we have petitioned for red redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petition has been unanswered by repeat has been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wait wanting to nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarranted jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our migration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the tides of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence they too have been deaf to the voices to the voice of justice and of consanguinity we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace friends we, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent States, that they are absolved from all allegiances to the British Crown and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. From Georgia, Button Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walton. From North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn. From South Carolina, Edward Rutledge, Thomas Hayward Jr., Thomas Lynch Jr., Arthur Middleton, from Massachusetts, John Hancock, from Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, of Carrollton, Virginia, from Virginia, <laughs> George Wythe, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr. Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton. From Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross. From Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McKean. From New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris. From New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkins, John Hart, Abraham Clark. From New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple. From Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams. Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Gerry. From Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery. From Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Wilcott. And from New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton. I hope you have a great Independence Day. Good night.